then the IRS, the IRS, they think that that property, the usefulness of it keeps dwindling every single year. And they just randomly came up with this 27 and a half year formula. Okay. Even though the building itself can last 50, 60, that's what they came up with. So 27 and a half for residential, basically. Let's say you buy a house for uh, 300,000 and the land is worth um, 100,000, for example. $200,000 is now depreciable. But you don't get that all together for single family home. You get that over 27 and a half years. 200,000 divided by 27 and a half. Yep. And I would get that particular amount yeah. back in taxes. Which is nothing, month. right? Yeah, for sure. Very small. Okay. But when, with multifamily, there's um, five and 15 year items like personal properties instead of waiting 27. So like light fixtures, plumbing, cement, there's like, there's like a schedule of what, what goes into five, what goes into 15. Mm. In 2017, Trump passed his Tax Cut Jobs Act, right? So basically it allows all the five and 15 year items to be pushed on to year one. We don't have to wait five or 15 years, you know? So instead of like 200,000 divided by five, for example, we don't have to wait for that. Let's say the whole entire amount is 200,000. You get all that in one year, in the first year. Welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast. We find dope people that did dope stuff. We're here. Yep. And I'm excited. Nancy's excited. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen somebody so excited. Reese, go to Nancy, please. I've never seen somebody so excited to be on this podcast. She keeps getting up and running around and lo lotioning her legs. And, you know, it's going <laughs> like, down. David's like, get down. Stay <laughs> on like, the list. Nancy, sit down. Come back. <laughs> but uh, I am so excited uh, to have this conversation because... Um, I've, I've been recently getting into the real estate space yeah. and you guys are doing real estate on a very, very high level. And I saw you guys in the, in, uh, in, in the mastermind that we're yeah. with Myron's mastermind and you guys are talking about, Hey man, you should invest 150 units, 200 units, 300 units, something like that. And I said, Whoa, I wonder how they're doing this stuff. <laughs> so you're here now. Yeah, okay. we're here now. So, um, yeah, let's introduce you. We got Paul, me, and Nancy, the Kitten Sisters. How do you spell it? K-I-T-T-I-S. Huh? Yep. The Kitty Sisters. K-I-T-T-I. T-T-I. K-I-T-T-I. That's your real last name. Yeah, it's- That is a cool last name. Okay, so it's not your real last name. Yeah, it is. Kitty. Yes. K-I-T-T-I. yes. Okay, Does it? do you know what it means? Did it mean something? Uh, not sure. Not sure? <laughs> not sure. It sounds like it's going to be something deep. It's Thai. Way. I'm not sure. <laughs> so you, you ladies come from Thailand. We're from Thailand. Okay. Yep. From Thailand. How is Thailand and America different? Um, You know what? I, I feel like, and this is really cliche, but like when people come to the United States, there's a lot of opportunities that are available. You can start from zero and you mm. can really build your way up in, in traditional Asian societies, a lot of time there's people are stuck in certain social classes, um, mentally, socially, economically. And so therefore they feel like I'm here and there's never going to be a chance for them to get to the next level. Mm. And that's not the case in the United States. It's truly a land of opportunities where you can really actually get things progressed in one generation. You can see someone come in as like nothing and build a really magnificent life for themselves. Yeah. yeah. So I, I wonder, so is it the law that, or not the law, is it harder to become an entrepreneur in Thailand mm -hmm. or, you know, these other countries, or is it just the people just that they don't want to, that is, you know, they've accepted their lot in life. Yeah. I mean, like, Nan, what do you think? Like, basically I feel like the, um, we, ha in the United States, it's like, um, 
meritocracy. You make, you're, you're capable, you get things. And in, in Thailand, for example, like there's ageism, there's sexism, there's probably other stuff as well where you feel like, hey, this is the, um, if you're an employee, for example, mm-hmm. you have to graduate for a certain school in order to start moving up in the business. You can't do it in, like in the United States where you're like, hey, I have a high school degree, but I'm like, super awesome at computers. I'm just going to jump into that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not really possible. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes. Dang. At the same time, like I think entrepreneurship is encouraged in this country more, but at the same time, I know like we're kind of in Thailand is starting to kind of catch up and stuff yeah. like that. It's kind of based on um, where you're at as, as well and how you're raised. Like for both of us, we were raised to be entrepreneur. We never mm-hmm. had to work for anyone except like my librarian job when in I was college. in college and that's it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So, but, so, but it's not, it's not technically, it's not like illegal. No, no, no. To, or, or it's not like, it, it's the same process. It's just that environment is not as desirable. It's not as, it's not as robust. Like think about it. If you live in San Francisco, as like the tech boom started, you're surrounded by people who are building things on a massive scale. So your mindset grows in the comparison to the space, right? Mm-hmm. That's how it is. But like when you're in a space where you're like, you're told like, this is all you're capable of being, you're gonna be stuck there. That's a fact. Yeah. That's a fact. So as you guys were, you came from Thailand mm-hmm. and uh, you got here when you were four. Yeah. And then a few la- a few years later, you come. Right? Yes. So you guys are both pretty young starting yeah. off, right? What did you want to be when you were growing up? I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Same yeah. here. Same? What were we thinking? What was the business? It wasn't, yo, you know what? We get thousand unit buildings. I know that wasn't the thing. It was fashion, actually. Yeah. Oh. We started out in fashion. So we started off in fashion um, because our parents have that business where they manufacture for big brands. And that's how we kind of got introduced into entrepreneurship. And oh, so your parents. They're entrepreneurs. They've oh, been right. entrepreneur all their life as well. Um, and it kind of got ingrained to us that, hey, instead of working for other people, the, it's higher our eye if you, you know, are your, your own boss. You get to control your own time, your finance, your futures. And that's what drawn us to entrepreneurship. And I'm sure a lot of listeners can relate to this. Yeah. For sure. Why did your parents come to the United States? Okay, so long story short, my dad had a chain of electron or our dad, <laughs> not mine. <laughs> our dad has had a chain of electronic store in Thailand. So mm. think of it like Best Buy. Yeah. And he had financing options for people. He wasn't very careful. He trusted a lot of people and um, basically got cheated a lot of money and lost his business. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so I think like being uh, like having creating team is a good thing. But when people don't know how to vet your team or, you know, or- like, to surround yourself with great people, then you you can lose money. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So he builds out this chain of like a chain. Yeah, like yeah. Tons of yeah, yeah. When like, you say tons of, what do you mean? He had a like, lot? Like twenty stores. Yeah, yeah, twenty yeah. stores. He said he was offering financing, yeah. but I guess maybe not a tight system on getting his money back. Correct. Yeah. And it went out of business. Yeah, lost it all. So yeah. Why not build it again? Mm. Why come to America? What what drove that? Did you have that conversation with him? Well, we were very young at the time, but I, I think he just wanted like a clean slate. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, people were telling him, go to Singapore, go to other places, but not sure why, but we're glad he chose I know, us. we're so yeah. grateful that he chose um, here actually, because we truly, you know, like like we just said earlier, that United States is kind of like a land of entrepreneurship. And yeah. then we get to control our destiny, our own schedule and our own time. So. Yeah. Gotcha. So 
Um, he comes over. Yeah. And is his first idea manufacturing? Is that, yeah, that? he met some friends who were doing it. And so, like, he didn't speak English. He didn't know anything. He didn't know anyone else. And so, like, he met, he has a friend from Thailand that came and he's like, hey, let me stay at your place. Started learning what they're doing. And he's like, let me just do the same thing. And then he kind of outgrown them and, and then grew them by a lot. And oh, that's, wow. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's how we kind of got started because um, working with, with them and yeah. stuff like that. And then we outgrew them at the same time. So yeah. we start to, op- really? yeah. so yeah. we open our own fashion manufacturer. Basically growing up, we saw that they were trading a lot of time for money and that they, you know, have Didn't to have any work time for us. Yeah. Any time oh, wow. for us. So we're like, okay, let's like, let's take this and also do it ourselves, but in a larger scale. So we were doing actually really well. Like the dedication payoff by 2010, we landed our biggest like client account. And that's when we became really successful fashion manufacturers. And then, but we were so proud of ourselves that we only rely on one source of income. But then we quickly realized, oh my God, we're trading a lot of time for money. And at the same time, we're paying a lot in taxes. And that's like, okay, like, it's not like we make more, we get to keep more. We actually have to pay more taxes. (laughs) Mm. So that's kind of like our turning point to start doing real estate because we're like, okay, what are, um, what is the industry that, um, you know, like, that can, can create source can be can use team to leverage has the least tax consequences but have massive scale okay real quick i want to get into that yeah but how you said hold on you landed <laughs> your biggest client in 2010 yes y'all don't seem that old well we're not <laughs> how, how old were you when you started um just right off the college like yeah. we, we start working with our family because yeah. they were <clears throat> doing business and they needed help to scale and that's when we came in we were able to help them scale all right let's do some quick math the less your business spends on operations or multiple systems on delivering your product or service the more margin you have and the more money you can keep but with higher expenses on materials employees distribution and borrowing Everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. and it, It will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. 
It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Oh, and, you know. Yeah, and we got fired. So part of the, to go back, is like part of the reason why we <laughs> had to quit working for them was we got fired from, from their yeah. company many times. Like kept getting <laughs> fired. Parents. Yeah, they kept firing us like a lot. And we're like, okay, <laughs> this is going to be the last time you get to fire us. So we're like, you know, they're stubborn. They have their own ways. And we're like, we think we should do it differently. We don't think we should work Saturdays. It shouldn't, we shouldn't be forced. We shouldn't to, trade more time yeah, for money, so right? We should like kind of have that. We have a We want to have a life yeah. outside of this work and like work cannot be the all consuming thing. And so we're like, that was, that's like one of the major conflict where like his old school, fifth grade education, spoke no English, built a huge business. That's what it took him to get here. Yeah. But he expected us to live that same life. And we're like, we don't want to live that life. Yeah. How old were you when you started working with your parents? Out Right after college. Right after college. Yeah. So, so we had no, like he was our boss, but you know, that was pretty much well, it. 20 something. Yeah. How old are y'all? <laughs> this math ain't, <laughs> math ain't right, right? We can't disclose on this podcast. Because oh, y'all don't, y'all seem really like young. And to have your first client 2010, you graduate college in what, 2010? Around that time. <laughs> I'm going to find out. I'm going to find out. Okay. So, so your, 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 your dad, Learns it, I guess your dad and mom. Yeah, my mom and dad, yep. They learn it from somebody else, outgrows them. Yeah. Right? You guys, I guess, working f with, with your parents, and you understand the game. Mm. And you have a conversation with your parents saying, hey, I don't want to work for y'all anymore, but I want to use your manufacturers. or I We didn't use their manufacturers. So, so we built our own. We built our own. So basically... I don't know if we had a specific conversation, but basically we're like, we can go out and get the same client, but serve a different part of their business. Explain and that. so basically like they're doing stuff, they were manufacturing stuff domestically in the US. We're like, we can do stuff overseas. Well, um, basically actually our client have that pain point of like not knowing who to trust and where to go to since they already have that trust in us doing work domestically. We were able to help them and grow like their, um, their, um, their, their offshore manufacturing capacity. Gotcha. And part of that, like, you know, when we started on our own, we started with $2,000. Mm. 
And I didn't know it was your money. <laughs> I, I thought she, she said she was borrowing. I didn't even know. We, like we were, we were very underpaid at the time. So basically we started 2000 and we started doing small projects for this, the manufacturer. And then like they, the trust in us started growing and they're like, they'll come to us and say, Palm Nan, can you make this hat? We're like, we don't even know how to make the hat, but we're like, okay. We, we can figure we can out. Everything <laughs> is figure out. Okay, we'll be, do it. Like, here's a hat. Awesome. Can you make a duffel bag? Yes. Can you make this? Yes. And there's like literally so we don't became know how like to do their it. go-to source when they ran into problems yeah. and hit the wall and we were don't like know what to do. Yeah, because we're like, okay, but we're honest, right? We're like, okay, we'll figure it out and how to do it. And that's yeah. how we were able to build the trust and kind of grow that account. But then there's an event. Why you haven't asked yet, but I'll reveal why did we leave fashion? Yes. So basically we were doing so well. It's kind of like we're getting a report card and say, hey, you're getting A's and everything like that. But the overall of the health of the company, they the actually, customer. the customer, they need to shut down all their stores. So we're like, okay. Oh, it was one major client yes. and they had to shut down. Okay, when you say you're doing well, like how much well? Well, you know what? Considering, yeah, so we went from like 2000 to multiple seven figure in so a couple basically, of years. So we were earning, having two people, we were making like 4 million a year. I mean, but we, we're very good at leveraging. We'll talk about that, but we leverage a lot of people, like vendors and everything to for their teams. We it's don't actually have higher, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually higher. Okay. Yeah, All right, fine. And but how, yeah. long, how long were you building the business? So that was, um, that was like, uh, five five to six years yeah. um, mark that we were able to scale really quickly. Yeah. And the reason I'm asking these questions is because um, because you don't just jump to what you guys are doing now. Yeah. And there's like some things that you learned. So you built a seven-figure business, which is something that most people aren't going to build. And we only have two of us as employees because everything else we outsource, we leverage, you know, like the manufacturer, the factories, um, staff, and, you know. So is it, like, okay, Paul, me, mm -hmm. I want you to give me, a, make me a thousand hats. Yeah. But you don't make the thousand hats. No. You find somebody that can make the thousand hats. Right. You put in an order. Correct. They make the thousand hats. You give them to me and you make your money in between. Yeah. So basically you can call us. Um, we're, we're, we call ourselves, we used to call ourselves like OEM manufacturer because we pay for the cost. We're not just a broker. Mm -hmm. So we source everything. We'll source the material. We'll source that we'll create the pattern. We'll do the testing. We have our, um, auditor go like QC team go to the property, uh, to the manufacturer and audit before we release. So we own the entire process from you give me a paper pattern that, or design that's Palmy. I want to make this hat with this logo. And these are the fabric. Can you source it? Like we'll take care of the entire process. And then what you get a, like a finished product that you can ship to your store to sell. And mm. I think most importantly, we, we, um, we get paid for the peace of mind because they know that, Hey, um, they get a good quality product yeah. at a price that they, cause you want know, it. there's like yeah. lemons everywhere, right? Like when you, when you're new and you're doing like our orders weren't small, but when like, when you do newer orders with new factories, there's a lot of mistrust and they can do a lot of damage to your brand and quality. So they need to trust someone who understands like, this is like the level that we need to be at and not deliver crap. Got it. Yeah. So, you know, four plus million dollars a year. How much of that was profit? <laughs> 
a lot. <laughs> it's only us as a, we only have two of us as um, employees. So why are we shutting down this business? God, it doesn't, why don't we bring it together? Together, <laughs> me, you, it could be the kid, kid Shans. Why not? <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, the thing is like, it wasn't our, well, it wasn't us. Like literally a week before we found out they were shutting, the buyer, the designer were like, she, they emailed Nan and he said, Nancy, we love your product so much. We're going to double your order. Like the, everything is blowing out in the stores. Like it's not us. It's their entire, it's like the entire health of their business it had and, nothing to do with us. And while we love like, you know, our fashion manufacturer business, but our true passion is actually real estate and what we do actually get to help make impact in our investor life. That actually like, you know, yeah. more like what we love because yeah. it's not just us seeing our bank account grow, but we actually help people create that multiple income stream, like passively yeah. pay less taxes and no longer have to trade time for dollars. That's what actually bring us like passion to us. Right. I love it. Okay. Cause we're clearly about to talk about this real estate. <laughs> um, you guys invest in like multi-unit, yeah, multi-family right. apartments. What is the smallest deal that you want that you invest in? The, well, we want to actually we started ideally. So okay, well, our first deal ever was uh, 2009 in August. We did a six point 2019 2019. Yeah. Sorry, um, 6.9 million dollars, and now we have a deal that's like over 70 million dollars. 77. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we went in from a, 76 units, so, 6 million plus in 2019. Now we're buying 77 million, uh, 295 units. In Asset, two, yeah. In 2022, so three years. Well, the, our recent deal, not just, yeah, yeah. Our latest deal, not even the whole yeah, just year one 2022. Uh, yeah, something else. Okay, <laughs> we're in manufacturing. So when did you stop doing manufacturing? So basically what happened was in 2017, while Palmy and I were making dinner, her phone got ping and, you know, and say, hey, this, our client is shutting down all their stores. And just like that, like everything kind of came crashing down. 2017. 2017. Right. And we're like, everything kind of came crashing down because we have only one source of income, which is like her income and my income is kind of like one source. <laughs> and then we're like, okay, like, okay. Like, so we kind of look at each other and we're like, okay, we have to act, act fast. fast. So what is our fast, right? Our fast, like, well, we love real estate and that's how we got into uh, becoming full-time real estate investor by starting to do flipping in and then, but then when- So you guys were flipping before? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So okay. like, when, but when we did um, single family home flipping, we also came to the wall rapidly that we're like, okay, we're still trading a lot of time for dollars. It's still one source of income because in Los Angeles, where we live, the houses, like the medium household income, like the Seven, average is like- thousand. Yeah. Like that. So we're like, we can only do one house at a time. And then we still have to pay a lot in taxes because when you do flipping, it's considered ordinary income. Short-term capital gains, yeah. So, so- no matter how much money we make, we realize we're not getting to keep them, a lot yeah. of them, because we have to pay back. And you back. have to deal with the contractors yourself. You have yeah. to deal with a lot of crap yourself. And we're like, no, we need to go a level above that where that stuff is someone else handles that. So yeah. that's kind of like where we keep on finding like the balance of how we want the, the three things that we're looking for, trading less time for dollars, creating a multiple income stream, and then pay less taxes legally. And that's how we found apartment investing. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So you start doing this little flipping thing yeah. and then. And we love it. 
<laughs> you're still, you're, no, you're I don't know. You can call it love. <laughs> I, it was making good money, but it was a lot of. It was not fun. Gotcha. Not our, not our speed. So your first big deal, mm-hmm. six point nine million dollars. Yeah. That's a tiny deal now that we think about it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like now. a baby that's deal. That's a tiny deal? That's yeah, that's a, in hindsight, it's like the baby deal for us. Yeah. It was oh a good start. Gosh. It was a good start. It was a good start. Yeah. That yeah. was a flex a little bit. Go for it. Yeah, I was just want to say that that deal, 6.9, even though it's a small deal, in 27 months, we were able to give back our investor money like 3.11x, meaning that if you put $100,000 in, they got back like $311,000 in 27 months. Think of a number in your head. How much do you think it would cost for me, a pretty successful entrepreneur, to coach you every single day, to give you all of the game? I'm talking about every day for an entire year, Monday through Friday. I'm on I'm on a, a virtual call teaching you how I've done the things that I've done. And me updating you every single day in real time on all the business moves that I'm making, all the negotiations that I'm in, everything that I'm doing before I actually do it. How much you think? And let's say Monday through Friday, and then on Thursdays we do a Q&A where not only do you get a chance to ask your questions and get them answered, but you get to, ha- you get to hear the answer from a whole community, hundreds of other people on a call, and you get their answers that are going to help you too. What do you think? And once or twice a year, get together, free conference that we all get to come to and you get to meet all these people that you see virtually. How much do you think that would cost every single year? 10,000? Not even close. It would probably be closer to 100,000 because it's just, I don't, I, my, my time is valuable and to give you the sauce that's gonna help you make millions, I'd have to charge you at least 100,000. But what I've done is created a community where you get the advantage of learning how to become an entrepreneur. You get to network with hundreds of entrepreneurs every single day. You got a community that keeps you inspired and excited. You will read a book club with us every single day. We'll also have an event where we come together once or twice a year for free. We do all of that for $399 for the year. Go ask somebody. I've got receipts of things that I built over the last decade, okay? Uh, I am willing to coach you. $3.99 for the year. Listen, go to themorningmeetup.com or click the link in this video. Um, Let's get back to the episode. But keep in mind, I want to coach you. Let's get started. So that's what I was going to ask. Andrew, real quick, can you lower her mic a little bit? you mind? Um, That's what I was going to ask. How did we put together this tiny $6 million deal? Yeah, so basically that deal re-raised what like well how do we put together is that um obviously we now have a team that goes go out and source the deal and have build that relationship with the brokers, the buyers, the sellers, and also we also build our um relationship with our, our investors. So that's how we were able to do that deal is that mm-hmm. we pull together all the resources and then kind of together, go together and go tackle like big deals. And it's exactly like how we're doing a $77 million deals. Exactly the same thing. It's just like a bigger deal. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So how'd you find the deal first off? Uh, broker's <laughs> relationship. Yeah. So a broker said, Hey, we got this building, 6.9 yeah. million. You want it? Yeah. And you're like, yes. Yes. Underwrote it. So there's a uh, really stringent process you have to go through to underwrite multifamily apartments. It all starts with touring the property with a broker, um, secret shopping all your comps, making sure doing like heavy level, like underwriting to make sure that the analysis makes sense and really projecting forward. Like what is this going to be? What is this probably going to look like in a couple years forward? 
And so once we penciled in our numbers, we were confident with our underwriting. Um, we felt it was very conservative and then we made an offer that they accepted. Pomi, I feel like we're skipping something. How do you know all this stuff? Especially, I mean, you did a little bit of flipping. Okay. Yeah. So basically we start off as fierce passive investors ourselves, mm. right? Fierce passive, passive investors. Passive investors. So okay. before we even like came to the full side, we were actually passively investing and learning, you know, how to underwrite the deals and what, what does it make sense? Like by, by putting your money on the line, you actually know like, okay, like you, you, you care, you be, you carefully look at the numbers and the math and yeah, like, sure. okay, like, does this still make sense? And then we read the reports, like monthly report and how they execute like the business plan, you know, yeah. like that. It's That's important to like, when we, when, you, you know, what is it like when we put money on something, we're going to pay attention to it. And so part of that was like uh, the attractiveness of being a passive investor at the beginning was like, I get to learn from someone else and like see like, how we, they're operating these properties. Like what are get the, pay while they're yeah. teaching us how to yeah, do so it. So like, okay, so mm. what are you thinking about? Ah, spring, nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive. And that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at chime.com build. That's chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com disclosures for details. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. And we'll ask them, like, so you're doing this, like, what does that do? And so we learn a lot. We read a lot. We listen to a lot of, you know, YouTube podcasts, go to a lot of networking events just to absorb a lot of this stuff. And like the math wise isn't hard because like a PL is the same PL for um, a clothing business, uh, a podcast, mm -hmm. uh, a, an apartment. It's same, right? Income expenses. So you just look at different numbers based on different business. I got you. Okay. So you understand that this is a good deal. This 6.9 yeah. million. Who do we, how much? Okay. Oh, and before that, you were already putting your money into syndicated deals? Correct. Yeah. And what was, what was the return that y'all got from that situation? <laughs> so, um, we got so excited that we start investing in so many and then, well, we just got started and we haven't seen the return yet because normally in apartment syndication, the whole period is around five years. Oh, wow. So when we just start, got started, we believe in this asset class so much. We didn't wait for the return. Yeah. We, we didn't have to wait until like, Hey, we know it's a good, like it's going to be a good career for us. We're like, okay, we just so addicted to getting that passive income yeah. that we're like, we need more. Yeah. So how do we get more? So how do we get more is like, instead of, um, putting all your money into it, we're like, Oh, we can 
go on the other side, being active and raise the capital. And then, you know, just, you know, just invest alongside yeah. our yeah. tribe, basically. Yeah. Out of the 6.9 million, how much did you have to raise? Um, at that time was 3.7 million. Yeah. You had to raise 3.7. Did you put your own money in? Yes. How much? Um, that one collectively, I think we put, I forgot. It, it was not that much, like 400K maybe? Yeah. Four or 500K. Normally the um, industry standard is like around two to 5% of, of the, the race. Of the race. Oh, so the person that's doing the raise puts in two, two to, to 5%. 5%. Yeah. Gotcha. And that makes sense. Cause if. Cause if you had to put in all of it, why are you going to like, you know, you don't need to put all your money in because like, <clears throat> the point is like if you put all your money in one deal, then you can't get that many deals. That makes sense. Yeah. No, nah, but I feel comfortable that you putting your money in. Skin so in the my game. Money safe too. Yeah. <laughs> Skin in the game. So y'all put in about four hundred thousand, and I really do like the way y'all be talking because y'all like, oh six point nine tiny deal. Oh, we didn't have to put that much in four hundred thousand. <laughs> you know what I mean? So who was the first person that you asked to invest in that first deal? <laughs> That's a great question, <laughs> actually. So um. So we started out at a, like, I would say negative point in terms of contact with people who have money or influence. Mm -hmm. So it was, um, so we networked with people in who love real estate. And then like, and we told them like, hey, we have this deal. Are you interested in investing? And luckily they, <laughs> they said, said yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it wasn't like family. My parents didn't, our parents didn't have the money to invest in stuff like that. They probably don't even believe in it at the time. I don't think anyone believed in apartments when we started, right? Yeah, I think um, a lot of people, um, our first race was actually from people who actually trust in us. Mm -hmm. They know that this is our first deal. We never done any apartment, but they're like, I believe that you can be, like have this execution certainty within us yeah. and that's what they're like and most importantly they're not putting all, all their, money. their money within us right they're yeah. like at that time our minimum was like lower so they were like okay i'm willing to gamble with you yeah 50k and then okay. and then it turned out that hey they make that 3.1x so you know? 50k became 150k so they're like oh my and god and i should have long? put you 27 months 27 months yeah. 50 turned into 150 yeah so then that's Boy, trust man. that's trust oh yeah they trust you on the next one for sure yeah <laughs> So that's the first one, mm -hmm. 6.9. And have you ever lost on one of these syndication no, deals? No, never, ever. Why not? We don't like to lose our <laughs> own money as well as our <laughs> investor money. So you so. have to, so how you lose money on these property are like you aggressively buy things that are overpriced. You don't know how to manage them. Those are basically the two areas where you lose money. Mm -hmm. We're very careful of what we buy. And that's why I explained to you, like the due diligence is very stringent. Um, we are not in the business. There's there's general partners, like what we do active, we call general partners. There are people who like Nan and I know who are like, they're like hyenas. They're like, I want a deal, I want a deal, I want a deal. But they don't care about operations. Mm. They don't lose people's money. We care about losing a mm. lot of money from like all these people that trust us. And we're not going to rush We've made hundreds of offers to get what? How many did we get last year? Um, this year we get three deals. Three deals. Oh, wow. So we need hundreds. So we're patient. We get it. Like we don't need to make. We don't need to buy a hundred deals. We don't need to buy even fifty deals. We just need to buy three, four deals a year. And maybe. that's like two hundred million dollars. Yeah, three, four deals, two hundred million. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Listen, if I was gonna teach you how to make a million dollars, would you give me ten thousand? Like if I had a course teach you how to make a million dollars and you're positive, you're going to make a million dollars, would you give me 10000 Of course you would. It's no-brainer, right? So in a calendar year, we make seven figures with the podcast. 
but there's 21 things that I extracted from that that you're going to need to launch a podcast, but I only got time to give you three right now. One is you need a distribution platform. The distribution platform is what you upload your podcast to. That platform sends it to Spotify, Apple, Google Play, so that your supporters can actually listen to your podcast. You're also going to need a microphone. You need a really good microphone so it's crispy audio. And three, you need an income strategy. This is not necessarily a hobby, unless you're going to make it a hobby, but I can teach you how I made the seven figures with these 21 things. Now, the good news is you don't have to give me 10,000. My ebook is only 37 bucks, okay? So listen, go to podcastebook.com and get the 21 things that you need. And I, I can explain it in detail, all the things that you need, okay? Podcastebook.com. Let's get to the episode. The 6.9 works out. The In the, the 3X return, yeah. does that come to the investors monthly or is it like, in one fail swoop. So that one, the average cash flow was 8% per year. So it was only two plus years. So during the whole, they were getting cash flow. Now this was during COVID. We were distributing during COVID, like full. We didn't sell. So how Hold on. So if I put in $100,000, you're giving me... No, we're not giving the whole thing. So there, it comes in two parts. Yes. How apartment distribution work is that you, you get like a quarterly cash flow. And because you invest as an equity partner, the passive investor. So if we make a lot of profit, you get, to, the sale. Ben, you get to benefit as well. Okay. So you get two parts. Cash flow when we're holding from income, from renters paying rent. And then when we sell the property, you get equity, right? Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So 8% per year, which means if I invested $100,000, that's kind of, that's a passive $8,000 yeah. a year. Right. Which is, what, like seven dollars $800 a month. Yeah, and, and you think about it, like people people were like, that's 8,000. I know a couple of friends who are like, <laughs> that doesn't, I don't wake up for anything like that, right? But yeah. if you think about it, like if it's, that's not your only investment. You mm-hmm. think about, you stack it. You stack it like a Monopoly board. Four, four green equals one red. Yeah. Now you're 8,000 8, if you did that. 10 know, times. 10 times. 10 investments. 10 investment. That's not a small change for just the cash flow part. Yeah, for sure. Now think about what happens when we sell it. That's a huge sum. And the objective is always to sell it? Mostly, yes. Because mm-hmm. we're in the business of returning our investors money. Gotcha, for sure. Yeah. For sure. That makes sense. Fast. <laughs> so, okay. $6.9 million deal. Um... And you said you guys are working on a $77 million. What are y'all buying? Times Square? <laughs> that would probably be a little bit more expensive, but yeah. It, I mean, we're buying. So when we first started, we were buying C-class assets in up and coming neighborhoods that are questionable. Mm-hmm. Um, we've we had, didn't have a choice. We didn't have a choice. When you get start, when you're starting, brokers aren't going to sell you 70 plus million dollar apartments. They're not going to trust you can execute. Mm-hmm. And we were buying stuff in areas where we were like, probably shouldn't drive at night. or even daytime (laughs) there's there's been instances where we've driven properties and one in particular we drive to it nan's all eager ready to open the door i said close the door (laughs) she's like why are we gonna no we're not walking and we're not buying we're not buying we're leaving like right now we're gonna need to get out of here why what did you see it just didn't feel safe. Someone else bought it. Actually, and t- like we know someone who actually bought that property and that property. They had like sort of like, you know, yeah. actual. Um, I mean, more of like a litigation with the city yeah. itself. It's a lot. It's a lot of stuff. It just didn't feel safe. And so it, it mostly was with the city. But there were also, you know, um, criminal activities happening on site, stuff like that. And gotcha. at that time when we were buying like C-class um, neighborhood 
the cap rate, the compression, it didn't. It made yeah the difference between buying a C versus A so minimal that like why wouldn't you buy nicer at that time? It was. Well, when we started, it was kind of big, and then it now it's compressing. It's compressing, yeah. so it's like you should be buying a newer asset class so that you have less deferred maintenance, you have less like you know rehab and stuff the like that. See everything. Yeah. Explain cap table to me. Yeah, cap, I mean cap cap rate. rate. Yeah. So cap rate's like the golf game. Um, the higher the score, the worse it is. So when you buy, you want to buy high cap. That means it's basically on a discount or like cheaper when you sell you want the lowest cap rate because you'll make more money when you buy you want a high cap you want to buy something with a high cap rate yeah when you sell you want to sell it at a, low at a cap. lower cap what's up podcaster or soon to be podcaster get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back and it's bigger and better than ever i'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on july 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world you already know atl baby atlanta georgia going down july 4th and 5th two full days imagine this imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice your brand your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. But wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you, rub shoulders with industry leaders and you got to network with other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code BIGDEAL, It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people to listen to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you no, right now yet you got time no pressure you get us back but use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free so don't wait so you secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country join us july 4th and 5th 
in Atlanta. Let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality, y'all. Head over to podcastsummit.com. Use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal operate right Okay, so we still got to define cap rate. So I understand. So cap rate is capitalization rate. It basically means like if you buy a, an, a property or anything um, on finance, the return Cash. that you're going to get. So for example, a 10% cap, you put in a uh, million dollars, you get $100,000 a year. That's a 10% cap. But if you do the math, if you do the math, if that cap rate drops to eight, um, do the math like, uh, um, uh, well, basically it's going to, the the price it's going to increase by a lot. Yeah. The price is going to increase, but okay. I still don't understand. I still don't understand. So if I have a, if I have a, a million dollar asset, yeah, we're calculating the cap rate. Where are we getting the 10% cap rate from? So it's in, from? okay. So if you, it, okay. So in the true pure sense is like when you operate the property and it gives you that cash flow, you're just like, okay, I made a hundred thousand dollars this year. That's okay. In the pure sense, but like, so, I'm sorry, real quick. If the asset is valued at a million dollars or let's say you paid, instance, you paid a million dollars in cash for it. Gotcha. They want to sell it for a million dollars. Yeah. They're saying, I want to sell you this building for a million dollars. It, it cash flows a hundred thousand. Yeah. That means on this deal, it's a 10%. This cap. is a 10% cap rate. Correct. But you'd want, oh, that's why. You want a higher cap rate. I want a higher cap rate when I buy it. Correct. But when I sell it, I want to sell you the same. Okay, I'm going to sell you this building for a million dollars. But it's only cash flow on 80000 Yeah, but you That's a better deal for the seller. Correct. But you're, but most people, okay, like if I say 100000 you're happy. But I'm like, would you be happy with 70000 No. No. <laughs> Some people will be. Someone will be. And that's why yeah. you're able to sell at a lower cap. Like if you think about like, um, you know, I mean, you're talking about big scale, like sovereign funds, like, you know, like the stuff in Singapore or whatever, when they buy real estate, they're looking for like a, a very small return, maybe a couple percent for three, four or 5%. I see. You so. know why I was so confused on cap rate? Because they use it as I, I'm thinking it's has something to do with just the asset itself, just the building. No, But cap rate only a pro. A, Cap rate only applies when the asset that you're buying produces a certain income. Correct. And the cap rate is based on the income. Correct. So versus the sales price. Also can be, but can also be the the mindset of the person buying. So just because like so we typically look at like, hey, what's for us? Like the broker kind of whisper to us. So basically it's like cap rate. So basically it's like they'll whisper the price. Yeah. So they're like, if it's a seller's market, they're gonna say, I wanna sell at this cap rate. And so it's like, it's your willingness to like meet them there. Got it. Got it. Because the seller is trying to sell it at its low, low cap, cap rate as right. possible. Correct. So it's based. Okay. Ooh, I think I'm understanding. I'm getting <laughs> you're, you're ready to buy your own apartments. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so, um, so the first number we're calculating is how much is this asset producing? So it's not saying I want to sell the, I want to sell the asset for this amount. We're, th mm. we're looking at the cash flow mm. first. Mm. And then we're deciding the cap rate we want to sell it at. Mm -hmm. 
And that determines the price. Correct. You're right. So that's actually, wow. Okay. So you figure out the most important formula in apartment investing. Oh my gosh. You did it. So it basically- It took me so long to figure this thing out. Value equals net operating income divided by cap rate. Value equals net, net operating, operating income, income divided by cap rate. Divided by the cap rate. Yes. That's a magical formula. Yes. And our goal as like general partner is to increase the net NOI. operating income so that we can sell it at a higher price. Yeah. Basically. I see. And okay. So you're shopping not based off price, mm -hmm. but off of cap In rate. But based on income that it's going to produce and also obviously cap rate. They all right. sort of correlate. So like we're looking at, um, walk, so there's two scenario, um, walk in day one, what's the income it's producing? And then what's the potential income in two, three, four, five years? We map that out. Because of- Using inflation as well? Oh uh, yeah, obvious, yeah. So basically what happens is like um, every property, like we're seeing like, hey, is it under market? what are the other income potentials? Because the value of the property is derived by the NOI. And that's the only thing we can control. We can't control the psyche of the, the buyers. We don't know what they're willing to pay, but we know if we increase the income, there are gonna be a larger pool of buyers who are gonna enter, because this is gonna be a more valuable asset. Got it. Oh my God. So you cracked the code without anyone explaining it to you. No, y'all explained it. It took a while to, because <laughs> yeah. You know, and like I, I've, I've asked a question before and I've gotten some answers, yeah. but I never really understood it. Yeah. I never understood it until like right now. Well, this is crazy. You guys that's are cool. <laughs> this is amazing. Okay. So when you start, when you start, now that we know what a cap rate is, yep. when you're buying these apartment complexes, is there a target cap rate that you're looking to buy at? Yeah. So basically, okay. So cap rate is a complicated thing. Okay. So I, it's a lot of Dang, numbers. I I it out. So it, no, what you figure <laughs> out is so appropriate. So far. Now the example, <laughs> our first property, the cap rate was low because- the, what is low? It was 3.6, I believe. Which is a bad buy. You think, but the reason it was low was because the seller had the property for 15 years. He 19 never, years. 19 years, he never raised rents. So that affected his income. See, because they're all related. So therefore it looks like the cap rate is low because the income is not there, but we see that he's a bad manager. Got it. So when you, like you can go in there and look immediately like, oh, well the apartments in this area are $1,200. You're mm. still charging 700 bucks. Yes. So obviously he would sell it at a low cap rate because he wants a certain number of the value of real estate. Mm -hmm. But you'll buy that because you know you're gonna come in and increase it mm -hmm. and it changes the whole formula. Yep, that's exactly right. Yes, and for that particular apartment, we actually didn't have to do any rehab even though we budgeted. We were able to achieve, like, achieve our- um, Exceeded. Exceeded our um, well projection through just increasing organic rent growth. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. During COVID, when we couldn't really do anything. So remember, we closed this August, 2019. So we COVID we really happened, shut down March, something like that. 2020. Yeah. Yep, yeah, for sure. Goodness gracious. Okay, so the $77 million deal. Yeah. What's the cap rate? 3.7. 3.7. I think. Yeah, we're about to go into the race, so we can't really disclose oh, yeah. like so the let's, details. Let's not talk about too much about but that one. We, 
in July of this year, we just closed a 70, $71 million. We can talk about that one. July oh, of this so year. I thought the first, okay, y'all been in these <laughs> 70s. Okay, so tell me about the 71. What you bought it at $71 million? Yep. Yes. What was the cap rate? Um, Roughly, it was in the threes. It was in the threes. So yeah. is threes a good buy? Well, again, again, it's, again, the, it's the income. How much income potential do you see? So if, if this asset is charging market rent, mm. then you're, you're, you're not going to pay a low cap rate. Right, you're going to pay something a little bit higher. You'll pay a higher cap rate because they're already at market. You, where, where, where can you go? Yeah. Where can you and go? There's no wiggle room really to. No. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Rents. Yeah. So when you walk in exactly right, like one of the first thing you look at when you tour property, you're like, what can I do? Can I reduce mm -hmm. expenses? Can what I increase income? income? Where, where, where are the things like, what areas can we increase income? If, if there, and that's why we never buy properties that are at the top of the market. Like mm -hmm. when we look at the comms, it should be below that. Got it. Did they want 71 million when you just bought for 71 million? They wanted 73. They wanted 73. Yeah. Yes. So shaved off about a million and a half. You bought it for 71 what? 71. Point? Even. 71 even. Yeah. Please so shaved off 2 million. Oh, it's better than that. Talk so we actually got a, another $3 million discount from the seller. So the final price is actually $68 million. How did you do that? <laughs> Through fierce negotiation. So. Um, July of June of 2022 we was a yeah. was a chaotic time in the financial world. Inflation was going crazy. Right. The feds were raising the fund rate, which impacted interest rate. The capital market was very chaotic. We went back to the seller and said, hey, we want to buy your property. We love it. We already raised the money, but we can't buy at this price anymore. The lender will not lend us the same. Um, the proceeds dropped. Right. So we, we told them, we, we told them that we need a $10 million discount. We didn't expect it, but we told them we wanted a $10 million discount mm. knowing that they're going to be like, no, we're going to come. They're going to come around 3 million. We, we, three. we figured we wanted, we, we were happy. We would be, we would have been happy with two. Now but, they can know, but, but, the seller, but the seller came back and said, we'll give you three. So we're yeah. like, perfect. Okay. So we already shaved off 2 million from the buy. Right. But where do we get this other three million from? I don't understand it. It's we still. negotiated. We just asked them for a discount. So you didn't buy it for seventy one. You bought it for sixty eight. Well, Why did we, we say seventy one? So we actually went under contract for seventy one, mm -hmm. and then we were buying at seventy one until like last few couple two weeks, weeks before closing. We just negotiated. Yeah. Oh, you just negotiated like I pulled a deal, <laughs> or you could take the sixty eight million. Yeah. Yeah. And then he said, okay. And the it. reason why the seller agree, because it will cut, he, if he put the deal back into the market, he may probably get less than the price that he gave us. Yeah. Got you. Got and it. it may take longer and there's no execution certainty. Okay. And okay. So, okay. Cat rate was around three something is, but there's, what was the market? What was the, what was the, NOI, the net operating income. <laughs> You're asking us for a specific. I'm a whole investor right now. You hear me? You're asking for such specific numbers. I'll, I can only give you general because I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, general. What was it producing? So basically, I'll, I'll say it like this. Basically, we were we are anticipating that the property will increase in um, the income collection will increase by about thirteen percent, something like that. 
in the first year, and then it'll grow like maybe six, seven percent subsequent years. Gotcha. So um, why well, can't give you specifics? Because I can't remember all these numbers off the top of it. But basically, we saw potential. We know that inferior properties in the area were getting higher rents, so we saw the the runway there. Mm, okay. How much money did you have to raise out of this seventy sixty eight million dollars? We raised thirty four million dollars. So you had to put down thirty four million. Or yeah, we wired had- them thirty four million dollars. Yeah, title. we went to the bank and sent the wire. It Who takes several. It takes several people at the bank to get such a you know <laughs> that size of a wire to go through. It's not. It's not a fast process. So to get the loan, mm. you had to secure a thirty-four million. Mm. Where you get this money from? People who love real estate. How many millions you put up? <laughs> How many millions? He did at least fifteen of that. I'm sure. Okay. I was like, so, like, who are these people that be? Who, okay. Okay. This is a fair question. How much? How much did? How much? Did, how much you put up? You put up somebody else? <laughs> no, no, I, I, I'm in two deals. No, right, three, so, three, three. I'm in three You're in three deals. So, You're in that deal. <laughs> so he used to be sitting money. He how much know. you put in? How much you put in? Well, collectively, all of us put in like uh, three million. Yeah. So y'all, y'all put, so just y'all three put in three million? No, no, no. But no, no, not him. <laughs> okay. He's coming. His three, his millions are coming. Okay. And your million too. David, David's like, yes. Hey, you I'm understand the cap rate. Let me walk this thing, okay? Maybe not a million, maybe a like, little hundred. So, what's but, the minimum y'all take? So um, right now is 75K. Okay. Yes, but we noticed that the average investor invests around like 200 or above. Gotcha. Yeah. Y'all put in 500? Yeah, just because like um, people love real estate. And when we talk about cap rate, it's not the same throughout the country, right? And the areas that we're talking about is in the Sunbelt area. So like, it's not going to be the same cap rate as like in Cleveland, Ohio, or yeah. like- We're looking at very robust markets with high upside. Got it. Okay. So y'all, you all, you, y'all two, mm-hmm. Dan and Palmy, y'all put in about $3 million of your own cash? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have a team. It's just not us. So then oh, we, okay. yeah. So like, you know, like we, we either find a deal or they bring us in the deal. We always like that. So we learn how it's to leverage. It's a team sport. Is it? Yeah. And yeah. you don't want to like be bogged down. Like imagine you have to run that 60, $70 million deals yourself. Like definitely that's you know, not what we want. You may be surprised, but most like hotels, most of these built buildings in Atlanta are all syndicated. Mm. They raise money from someone. There's like even sport teams, mm-hmm. right? Like um, the Hawks, there's a whole bunch of people that invested money to buy that Hawks team. There may be like one, one lead person that everyone knows about, but there's a whole bunch of other people that invested to buy that team. Like wow. Jesse, Itzler, um, Sarah, uh, what's his wife's Blakely. name? Blakely. Yeah, they're part owners. They're like LPs in that deal to buy the Hawks. Mm. Same exact thing. We're just doing that for apartments. Okay. All right. So how about how many people are invested in the $71 million deal? Um, 300 plus. Where do y'all get this database of people from? People who love real estate. <laughs> Networking. Sorry. Networking. Connecting, talking to people, having rich friends. Oh, <laughs> Referrals are the best. Yeah. Oh my God. But it started from zero. Like we said, our parents didn't believe in real estate. They didn't have the money. None of our friends would have believed that 
Like this is the numbers real. that we told you may sound like outlandish to people who are are taught go to school, get a job, say put money in your four hundred one k. They don't understand that there's a world outside of that that is like so much more robust. You know, Wall Street told us do this, go invest in this. Hey, whatever index fund, whatever. There's a lot of people who have money in this world, and then once they discover, you know, like real estate, and then they dabble into like let's say single family home, they're gonna hit the wall because they want that economy of scale. So there's so many people who like okay, once they create this as a true passive income, where you know you're probably not gonna put more than even like four or five hours in five years. They're like, mm-hmm. I'm so hooked. That's how we got started. We're like, oh my god, we're making this cash flow without even lifting a hammer or even been to the property or paintbrush. We're like, how can we do more? And that's when um, we start getting a lot of referrals and stuff like that to invest alongside us. What kind of, not switching gears kind of in the same vein, but uh, what are some of the most important things that you have to consider when you're going to ask all these people for this money? Okay, so... The first, well, first of all, we don't ask them for the money. We actually um, give them the opportunity to invest alongside give us. Them the opportunity. Yeah. Yes, because you know, like, right, let Neil put it. <laughs> well, the thing well, is, like, right now inflation is at its forty-year high, right? So people, if they put their money in the bank, they're actually losing money. They're losing right? almost ten percent. So, year. like, we're actually providing an opportunity to invest in a hard asset that has been historically known to build long-term wealth. They, they, the people who we talk to, they love apartments. They just don't know how to get started. What'd you say? What is money in the bank, you lose 10% a year. Yeah, right now inflation's all, if you count like true inflation where you add like- It's probably at 16%. Maybe, let's just say 10, okay? Let's say today it's 10%. That means 100K loses 10% of its value each year. Like- So in 10 years, you lose 100%. Well, you know, theoretically, but basically like- The value of your dollars has, will decrease. That's why when, if you go back to like 1900s, we've lost like 98% of the value of the dollar or something like that. Hey. Yeah. And I wanted to add to that is that also um, these people, they they love they love real estate. Right. And they thought that, hey, to be involved in apartment, you have to be part of a hedge fund or you need to have like 50 million dollars to invest in this. Yeah. But we're actually giving them an opportunity. Hey, with like, you know, 75K, 100K, you can actually own this real estate. Like you can own 50 million dollar real estate without having that 50 million dollars. So they're like, yeah. OK, I want in. Interesting. This is so amazing. So, okay, when you're giving people the opportunity to invest, Mm -hmm. what are some things that you have to keep in mind? Okay, so we actually have this strategy that we came up with, which is, we call it the care strategy. So basically we need to, um, the first one is like, you have to have like the clarity of like, what's your internal investment criteria? So we call the first one C, compass. Yeah. Which is kind of like, if you know where you're going, then you know you like most- what kind of investment should you invest in? So personally, let's say like you're like, hey, I want steady Eddie. I'm I don't need cash flow. For example, you're like I just want appreciation at the end. That will be the type of investment you should invest in. Or if so, you want to go for tax benefit, yeah. then you go. Yeah. For that. So it's a personal thing. Um, the second one is a is awareness. So this is like basically like who who you, you're aware of the numbers. The numbers like what are the numbers that you're you're gonna like NOI cap rate, all this yeah. stuff. Like, what are these numbers? So you have to, you have to know these two things yourself and you don't let other people tell you like, no, come invest my deal. Like, no, it didn't, it doesn't meet my care. 
Like for us, awareness is important. It's not just awareness in the number, the math, but also, you know, you have to do the due diligence of people behind Behind the the numbers. Like that's important for us. I think that's most important. Because we can all say, hey, this is the projection you're going to get. But in reality, do you believe that they will not lose your money? that yeah. can they make that money mm-hmm. as they say it. Mm-hmm. And you know, like, of course, in all investment, there's risk involved. It's just that you just have to do due diligence on yeah. your part. Yeah, so R is review. So that's like specifically reviewing the deal. Do I like this deal? I love the people. I understand my math. Do I like this deal? Do I like this market? You may say, I love all Atlanta, but never bring me Tampa of hurricane, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Right? You may say that and like, okay, then you can pass, pass those up. And then E execute because like we all know, like you can think about these deals until you're blue in the face, but if you don't execute, nothing's going to happen. So this is, these are like the check marks that yeah. you are, these, I guess these are high level the questions that you're answering. Correct. Okay. Does this go into, fit into your compass? Mm-hmm. Are you uh, aware? aware? Are you, I guess you paint out the awareness Correct. of this is what this real estate right. transaction. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Okay, and I guess obviously if you keep bringing people returns, they keep investing money in. More money, more referrals, yeah. More money, more referrals. <laughs> this is good. This is good. That's how you built the momentum, right? From raising 3.7, now we're raising $37 million, you know, so. And what, so the 71 million, what is that? What is the asset? Uh, it's, a, uh, it's a class A unit. Uh, 312 units, units in Houston. In Houston. Class A, 312. Built in 2016. We bought it from the developer. Oh, wow. Yeah. You been there? (laughs) Have y'all been been there? Yeah, yeah. Well, as passive investor, you don't really... That's the true magic is that you actually get to leverage the people who you're investing with. You're, do, you're doing this for passive income. You don't want to be the one who like, fly oh my God, in. I have to fly out and you know sure, check the property. Sure. Yeah. You kind of like betting on the horse, uh, the jockey, jockey versus the horse. Yeah. Dang. All right. This is, you know what? This, it's a mind expanding concept mm. to even go after something that's so big. And the fact that you guys don't even see it as big you know what I mean? Well, the, the thing that like the most important thing is like, it's, it all comes down to numbers. So when you think of it that way and um, the numbers make sense, like the price is irrelevant. Meaning yeah. like you can add another zero. It doesn't matter. Because the numbers have to make sense. Price, cap rate. Everything. Okay, yeah. gotcha. And you do the distributions every quarter. Correct. Yes. Okay. And your minimum investment at the time of this recording is 75,000. Yes. But $1 million is accepted. $1 million. <laughs> yeah, let me ask you, what is the biggest investment that one person is giving you? Um, over 2 million. Over $2 million. And I guess they get, I mean, you if, if they go on like triple their income, I don't I know I don't know if that's the that's, that's, that's not the norm, but yeah. here's the thing. Like a lot of these people who are doing 2 million, they want the tax benefits. Okay. Yes. Talk to me about tax, but that, that, that's where I wanted to go. Yeah. So tax basically benefits. apartment investing. So, you know, like single family home, we have straight line depreciation, right? When you buy a house, you depreciate um, everything minus land by, uh, by 27 and a half years. Okay. Okay, so that's nice, but that's 27 and a half years. Explain, explain that. The, I, and I know it because I'm literally going through it right yeah. now. Explain it. I'll let you Okay. Explain. So basically, um, in the eye of the IRS, they they think that that 
property, the usefulness of it keeps dwindling every single year. And they just randomly came up with this 27 and a half year formula, okay. even though the building itself can last 50, 60, but that's what they came up with. So 27 and a half for, um, uh, fat, like single home that someone's living or right. like residential basically. So basically let's say you buy a house for uh, 300,000 and the land is worth, um, a hundred thousand, for example, $200,000 is now depreciable but you don't get that all together for single family home. You get that over 27 and a half years. So you divide- 300,000 divided by 27 and a half. 200,000 divided by 27 and a half. And I would get that particular amount yeah. back in taxes. Which is nothing, month. right? Yeah, for sure. Very small. Okay. But when, with multifamily, there's um, five and 15 year items like personal properties instead of waiting 27. So like light fixtures, plumbing, cement, there's like, there's like a schedule of what, what goes into five, what goes into 15. Mm. In 2017, Trump passed his tax um, job cut tax act, no tax cut jobs act, right? So basically it allows all the five and 15 year items to be pushed on to year one. We don't have to wait five or 15 years, you know? So instead of like 200,000 divided by five, for example, we don't have to wait for that. Let's say the whole entire amount is 200,000. You get all that in one year, in the first year. So if I'm investing in real estate, something over, is it like a, a certain amount of doors or is doesn't, it a certain amount? Technically it doesn't matter, but it does have a cost. You have to hire a firm. So you can do it with single family home, but there's just not a lot of stuff in a single family I'm home. Saying in, a, in an apartment. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Is, is it about how many doors it has? Is it no. over an amount? It's basically the stuff in the, the bill. It can basically be like the doorknobs, the light fixtures, the, the trees, the landscape, the, the parking lot. What The larger the apartment, not necessarily mean you can have more write-off, but you do have more write-off than versus a single family. So that's why people love to invest in multifamily because we get extraordinary tax benefit. And it's proportionate on how much you invest in. So typically it's 60 to 100% depreciation. I don't understand. Okay, so basically there's one property that um, we actually own and an investor put in a hundred thousand dollar. They mm -hmm. got back the K one paper loss of a hundred and twelve thousand dollars. So they put in a hundred, and they got back a hundred twelve thousand in as, loss in losses as K one paper loss. So you, you, your next question is, what do I use this loss for? Yes. <laughs> so you use it against other passive income. So if you easiest thing you can do is don't do anything. Wait till we sell. Now, guess what? I made you $100,000, David. Yes. You already have $112,000 loss. Guess what? You don't pay tax. You don't pay tax on that. Hold on. Hold on give me a second. Because I, hold on. I'm an investor now. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So let's say it's an asset. It's a million dollars. I put in $100,000 mm -hmm. as an investor. Um, let's say my business uh, grossed a million dollars. Mm -hmm. The hundred thousand dollars that I gave, I, I you allow me to invest in the pro the property. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> that hundred thousand dollars, I can I can take that off of my gross income, the whole hundred thousand or one twelve in this scenario. So I actually made twelve thousand dollars. Yes, and this is for passive to passive. Let's say you have a single family home and you um, profit like. $50,000 in one year. That's extraordinary, right, by right, the right. way. For sure. <laughs> okay, fine. 
Okay. And then, yeah, I'm just like, okay, when you sell that single family, that's a, let's say you, 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 own, gain. you, you, you hold a single family for like 10 years and you make $50,000, you, that's a gain of $50,000. So when you have a K1 paper loss in a, from apartment investing, mm -hmm. you can offset the apartment or you can offset any passive income it, gain. It has to be categorized oh. as passive. And that's, but that's the beauty of it. Like if you do stocks, you pay, um, tax before you gain tax, right? Right. I think it's like, or yeah, 15%, capital, 18, yeah. whatever it is. But in this mm. case, that, that 300 plus majority of that, they didn't pay taxes on it right. because it was a hundred percent came on loss already. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it depends on each sense. building. So that's why someone. It's like, I can either give the hundred thousand to the government or give you the hundred thousand and make and you that hundred thousand will make me. So it's kind of like twofold. You actually get to like, um, like basically up to X because when you put in a hundred thousand and if the total return we projected is a hundred thousand, you're going to get back 200,000 plus you get to save, let's say if it's a hundred percent, a hundred thousand dollar in taxes. So it's like triple yeah. kind of gotcha. But it, you're saying it's passive versus passive. So now there's a way to make it not passive. Okay. We, we've gone over this a little bit. Basically, you have to be categorized as a, a full-time real estate professional, either you or your spouse. Mm -hmm. Now, in that case, so let's say, um, are you married? Yes. Okay, so let's say <laughs> your spouse, um, your wife is a full-time real estate professional. Now, you go talk to your CPA to make sure she qualifies. She's got to be a license. She doesn't have to be licensed, no? but she needs to be a materially participating in real estate. And each CPA have mm -hmm. their own opinion, 750 hours in the business. Um, we can talk more about that, but basically let's say she's a full-time real estate professional. Now she has a, she, you guys together invested a hundred K. Mm -hmm. Now that hundred K can now be used to offset your ordering income because she's, cause you file taxes together, I assume. Yes. So therefore there's something magical about like real estate. And, you know, like, um, we talk a lot about this on, you know, like we have a little, uh, we have a podcast. So we talk about, about this, like all the tax benefit and why we live apart. We got a baby. We got a podcast. I'm about to turn y'all up, man. I'm about to turn y'all up on the pod. Don't worry about it. Welcome to death row records. All right. So we're from LA. We're very familiar. Oh, well, yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sick night. I'm way, way nicer. Um, <gasps> yeah. Cause you're here. You're not in jail. <laughs> that's a fact. That's a fact. Yo, this is really, really cool. This is cool. So end of the year, I guess you get more of it. And that makes sense. How, if you have like high net worth investors, mm -hmm. why? I mean, it's not even a loss for them. It's no. just, it's, there's no, there's, there's only, only a upside. win. There's only a win. Yes. It's just that they have to trust that we will safeguard their money that, you know, wealth preservation is like number one. Right. And then, yeah. then if we can create that wealth, then that's like, like growth, a bonus for, yeah. you know, people. I like it. This was good. This, did we talk about everything? Well, there's no way to talk about it. We, we don't want to leave yet. We covered yet. a lot. <laughs> we, don't you know, we, we went deep. I hope people, you know, found we value in that. Yeah. I learned about cap rate. And uh, side note, I don't know if this has anything we're doing with what we're talking about. Cap rate and cap table. Is it the same thing? Cap mm. table in business. Do you guys know? I don't know what you're referring to. I you need to teach a, us on a, that. I heard a rap song. I'm sorry. Just, <laughs> I, I'll figure it out. Don't worry. <laughs> how it, how it table, is. I have no idea. Okay. It gotta be, it gotta be the same. It gotta be similar. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway. No, but uh, yeah. Thank, thank y'all so much for uh, coming on the show, man. This is, this has literally been an hour long masterclass. 
Well, it, we really appreciate it. It was really fun. We feel like we're just having conversation with our friend. Yeah, see? And y'all were nervous. <laughs> yeah, and she was jumping. <laughs> I know. I was like, yo, there, you got to sit down. Yeah, we need to let you got to record this. No, this is good. Okay, so how how do people connect with you all if they want to save in the taxes? They want to get into some of these deals. They got some, some liquid cash they want to invest. How do they connect with y'all? Yeah, well, if you want to jumpstart your apartment investing journey and trade less time for dollars, create that multiple income stream, and and pay less tax legally? Well, we would love to invite you to our upcoming webinar. All you need to do is go to jumpstartapartments.com. Again, it's jumpstartapartments.com. How can you not trust Nancy? She is just <laughs> the happiest, go luckiest, golly. I, I know she'd be at the table like, oh, just give us $2 million. Everything yeah. will be fine. Like, smile. Okay, no, no, she's a, she's, a, shees a closer. Oh, she's a closer with a smile. That is crazy. No, but that, that, this, is, this is really, really important because it's like certain levels of wealth. It's like when you get money, for those that are like watching it, have money, what do you do with it? You know what I mean? Other than put it in the bank, flex, and lose it all. Yeah. Right? But this is very protective. But your objective is always to sell the property for the most part, right? Yeah. So that you give these bigger returns to your investors. Right. Well, we believe that wealth has a need for speed. So mm -hmm. if we can, you know. Double your money. Double your money while you're like, you know, do your beauty sleep. That's mm -hmm. our like. That's a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah. This is dope. This <laughs> is dope. All right. Yo, thank y'all so much. What is the... um? What is what is the biggest investment that you can see in your head that's like that's desirable for you right now? Like what can you see? Like is it a thousand units? It's a oh. hundred million. What is what's the biggest that you see right now for yourself? I think for us it's not about numbers of units. It's more about creating creating that impact for our community, our tribe. That's what we really care about because after a while having money is, it means nothing. It's just a tool for us, right? So helping people as much as possible because remember we came from parents where they're so busy to provide for us that they didn't have time to, you know, take part in our childhood, you know, being at that basketball game yeah. or open houses or even graduation. They were so busy trading time for money. And we don't want any kids, you know, not to have parents. Mm -hmm. We want parents to be parents. We want, you know, like husband and wife to be husband and wife and that they don't, you're not busy trading so much time for money yeah. and not, and also not rely to only on one source of income. That was a well-rounded answer from a true closer. <laughs> okay, yes, I do because accept I, your, I will accept your million, David. <laughs> no, this is amazing, man. I bet you guys' parents are so proud. We don't yes. know. We don't we, know. Um, no? I think they are. It's just that, like, and uh, we don't really talk about money in our, in our family. Really? Yes, it's like, you know, we want to just, like, we don't want them to, um, be proud of us because we're able to do like this, but we're proud of us for being good human being. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I mean, do y'all have kids? No. No? Neither no. one of you? Fur babies. You have four? Fur babies. Oh, like <laughs> dogs. Fur babies. Dogs. Dogs. <laughs> do y'all want kids? Probably. <laughs> she does. We're, we're busy. We're busy helping our investor, you know, get back that return of investment of their time. So man, stop closing me. <laughs> stop closing me. Golly. <laughs> she is the closer. Um, no, but I, well, if you, Paul, me, you're, you're out of that. Don't yeah. No. Okay. Right, cool. Can't deal with but that. <laughs> if you do have, you know, children, I think at some point you'd be proud of not obviously them being a good human, but 
<gasps> them actually going out and accomplishing something. Them not, you know, relying on you anymore, but like walking on your own too, and like yeah. really doing something. And, and not even like for the money, but the fact that you are helping other people make money. That any parent would be proud of that. Yeah. But y'all don't talk about y'all don't talk about business. Do they know what y'all do? Well, so here's the thing. Like part of the the you know, we before even before we started recording, we started talking about like having like disconnection with people based because like our parents weren't able to spend any time with us. And it's like a true thing where parents may feel like, Hey, I can put that off. But like when you lose that connection, you really can't build it back. And we have a relationship with our parents to a degree, but it's not what, you know, you, you would like. And yes, we do tell them what we do, but I don't think they've ever literally in our entire lives said they've been proud of us or anything oh, wow. to be honest. But Again, because they're busy, right? Like trading time for that dollar. Because they so. value the grind. They don't value actually holding on to the thing that's important, you know? So, And I think like even for us, we don't think of us like as like successful, successful. We still think we have so much more to accomplish. Yeah. Like our mission is just not there yet. So like we have so much to help this world and this planet. And it's not just like for the money. It's also to help the causes that, you know, are dear to our heart. Yeah. yeah, but so I was gonna. Have you ever talked to your parents about? This? Did you ever tell them like, "Yo, mom, dad, you never said you're proud of me." No, we or never that said a, that. Is that maybe a, it's a cultural thing. Maybe it is. Maybe it's a cultural thing. I don't know. Or like I know they I know that they know they're proud because you know, like we they were able, brag we were able to like retire them and also support our grandparents. So yes, I think in within them they know that you know that we're, I think they, they are proud try of to us. Brag to their friends about us, just not directly to us. Yeah, so we we know they are. It's just that we don't- Internally for you all, I think you should at least have a conversation say, mom, dad, I would love to hear you say <laughs> that you're proud of us. You know what I mean? If you are, you don't know. And maybe they don't even know that they haven't said it. I don't know. <laughs> and you know, this actually makes me think to myself, my 12 year old daughter, how often do I tell her I'm proud of her? Cause I would hate for her to think what you're thinking. Mm. And it's, that. Nothing could be further from the truth, but she doesn't know it. Yeah. So maybe you should say something. Mm. Next family gathering. Yes. Like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> we will come back and report <laughs> like, to you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> now, nah, but thank y'all so much, yeah. man. Please let everybody know how they can connect with you all. Yeah. And um, yeah, how, how they can get into business with you all. Yeah. Again. Well, again, like if you want to jumpstart your apartment investing journey, and we would love to invite you guys to our upcoming webinars where we're going to go over like all the goodness in apartment investing. All you need to do is go to jumpstartapartments.com. Again, is jumpstartapartment.com or follow us on our IG is the Kitty Sisters with an I. Yeah. The okay. Kitty Sisters again. <laughs> good, good, good. All right. Well, cool. thank y'all so much. Um, uh, you in uh, Palmy, I'm going to have you leave us with a, a word of wisdom, okay? Just put a bow on this whole conversation and inspire somebody. Somebody's out there and they're just so inspired and they want to grow um, and they want to grow for all the right reasons. Um, close us out with a word of motivation or inspiration. Yeah, so um, in the wise word of Warren Buffett, if you don't learn how to make money, you're going to, while, while you're sleeping, you're going to be working until you die. Mm. So we need to all figure out how to stop the grind and turn the script, make the money, work hard for us instead. There it is. Listen, we can't close it out no better than that. Do yourself a favor, okay? Go follow Paul, me, and then, okay? Um, the Kitty Sisters. Uh, and we will start 
that we will kickstart the clothing brand back. Uh, yeah. Okay, so go to Paul Me, Shans, Man, Don, I don't know. That would be, be a dope business. Uh, but also, uh, do yourself a favor. Go get you some social proof, meaning go build something. Build it big and remember how you built it. But also, you have to come back to your community and teach your community how you did it. It's the only way we can grow as a community. All right, we are out of here. Peace. Good job. Yay. If you like the video that you just watched, click this one. You're going to like this one, maybe even more. Click it right now. When you hear the word investor, what does that mean to you? So um, I think, well, I think for myself, right? I think everybody have their own definitions. But for me, it just means buying income. Buying income. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anytime, anytime a word investor is mentioned, they're looking to buy income.